what also dictates how you spend the rest of your time. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I love to talk about time in that way and applying this to our evaluation of our time is, you know, you can either waste time, spend time or invest time. Mm-hmm. Is what you're doing with your time wasting it? Is it generating val- Is it generating no value? Is it just being thrown away? Is it something that's just for immediate, you know, right now pleasure to take our mind off of something, right? Social media is a huge suck, time suck for people mm-hmm. in that manner. Mm-hmm. We can spend our time or we can invest it to where we're actually compounding value in the areas we want to. So in business, it's to grow our business, to get our name out there more, to create a better personal brand, a stronger culture, build a stronger team, right? In our personal life, I mean, spend for a leader to spend time with their team is a very key aspect in business, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing in our personal life. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach Levy. And with me today is our other esteemed co-host, Andy Mm -hmm. McDowell. Andy, as always, great to see you. Great to see you. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in Atlanta. Still hot. It is still hot. I'm ready for actual fall weather. I'm ready for a sweater it and jeans. It doesn't feel right to be a few weeks into the college football season no. and not be able to wear a hoodie without feeling like you're in a sauna. I mean, at least the humidity is low. It is a positive. You know, not quite a sauna. It's a dry sauna. It's a dry sauna from that perspective. So it's it can still be somewhat comfortable in the in the sun and the, in the stadium for football, but... The reality is what I'm afraid of is we're not going to have a fall at all. Summer, winter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're going to have an Indian summer that extends into October, and then all of a sudden we're straight into winter. Right. No fall. Trees are trees are going, the heck's going on? Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we were tr- turning colors, now it's 85 again. I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, we digress. I know you guys didn't come here to listen to us talk about the weather. So today, I thought I'd bring a topic that has has run around for 20, 30 years within the corporate world, but I'm not sure it gets great exposure within the small business world. It's a tool that small business owners could use as they grow their business that could be quite helpful on the um, expense side, particularly. And that notion is, is a word, it's a Japanese word called Kaizen, made famous from that company that from Japan that makes cars called Toyota that started this and had great success from it. 
in being able to bring their, particularly their sedan market to the United States at a price point that was very competitive with American manufacturers and so forth. But Kaizen's all about continuous improvement. It's about being able to look at your processes across divisional boundaries and making decisions about the value that that process really brings to the end customer. And do we have ways to, well, let's talk about it. But what are the various ways of looking at a process could help you? If you wanted to go eh, with a big X and say we shouldn't be doing it, what, what might be some reasons that you shouldn't be doing it? I mean, one is inefficiency. You can do it better. Right. You can get the same end result out of that piece of the process and do it faster, cheaper, better. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would still have an activity that, that accomplish, accomplishes, accomplishes that piece task, in the might. process, right? You, you're not... the. Item number two, you eliminate the process. Right. It's just not necessary. Right. Either you found a piece of automation or you just said, doesn't really add value to the end product. It just wastes people's time or space or money or whatever. Let's just get rid of it. Maybe it had, had a true function that was adding value 10 years ago, but now in today's world, it doesn't add any value whatsoever. Let's just get rid of it. Instead of saying, well, that's the way we've always done it. You know, it's a phrase you hear a lot. And then say, well, <laughs> not anymore. It doesn't add any value for the customers, so let's get rid of it. Right. Well, it might be another one. So we've got reducing time or money, but not eliminating it. And we got eliminating it. What well, might be a third one? I mean, on the positive side, creating more value. Yeah, you might add something to it, and all of a sudden you're adding a lot more value for the customer right. than you used to. So it's almost sort of like well, if we're left, middle, it. right, right? And left side being totally eliminated. Middle being let's change it and reduce expenses, and the other one on the right-hand side is adding to it. If, right. if what we add to it adds value in the customer's eyes. But all with the mindset to improve the process in the eyes of the customer, right? So in the car world, for example, one example that comes to mind is safety ratings and safety tests. Mm -hmm. Back when, you know, we'll go back 50s, 60s, that wasn't really a big deal. Cars weren't marketed on their safety ratings. I mean, no, everybody's excited that we can quickly get from point A to right. point B. I mean, seat belts weren't even a real thing. No, and for the most part, people weren't using it to go speeding along or they didn't have the busy lives, the, the quote, busy lives that right. we do today where you need to get from point A to point B in such a hurry. Right. Or like here in Atlanta, you're in a hurry just so that you won't get in an accident. I want to get off the road as quickly as I as I can. So that's yeah. why I'm in a hurry is I don't want to get in an accident. You're not doing 85 miles an hour. Somebody's going to run you over. <laughs> Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's just one example. And then introducing a new process mm -hmm. into the line of processes, if you will, to where as the customer becomes more aware of this need, you create more value for them by saying, hey, we've inserted this process. Look at what we're mm -hmm. doing for you. 
or maybe a technology has been created that does something that's never been done before. And you can embed it within one of your processes and all of a right. sudden add more value for the customer because it's never been there before. So we, we could sit here for 30 minutes and just come up with all various scenarios or whatever. But the, the main point here is, is the continuous improvement, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost, we've talked about in past episodes, looking at everything through a growth mindset or a certain lens for growth. Learning lessons. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say, you know, this term Kaizen is taking that, but applying it to specifically our business. But I, I know of instances where people apply Kaizen to their life. Yeah. It could be used in life coaching. When you're, when you're looking, at, it's not really a process per se, but when you're looking across different areas of your life, how they're all interconnected and are there right. things that I can cut out and still have the personal brand and Achieve generating it. value in the world and so forth. You can eliminate things going, I don't need to be doing this anymore. It doesn't add any value to my life or to others. Right. I used to do it for a reason and it made sense then, but it doesn't make sense now. Right. But there, there is such things as a corporate mindset. Some people may call it culture, others may not, but it's at the very least a component of culture. But the end, the end is always saying, yeah, we just went through a major Kaizen exercise and we've got ourselves into a good spot. Okay, let's start again. Right. <laughs> what? It's con- if <laughs> we you just will. finished. What do you so mean start constant- again? Introflection. Yes. Because the world changes. And because the right. world changes, then you always need to be looking at the, the, quote, relevancy of what you're doing to where the world is and where the world's going. Right. From that perspective. What do you think? Who should be pushing Kaizen within the company? I mean... The natural answer from, is the owner, right? From, well, yeah, it should start down, from the top. Does it have to be that way? No, just like leadership doesn't have to be that way. Leadership can be 360. It, Le- leadership can be anywhere. Right. I mean, somebody that's entry level. Again, speaking of corporate mindset or culture, in the right culture, somebody at the entry level can step up and say, hey, we need to improve upon this or we need to rally on this point to make it better which in the right culture the person that's closest to the customer should be able to make those kind of suggestions yes unfortunately oftentimes you don't even have to call it kaizen it's just you approaching your boss or your team your team members and saying hey i think we're being inefficient here let's let's get together and talk about it and discuss ways that we might be more efficient right that may be the little nucleus that you need within your company to make it a much more larger effort within the company mm-hmm. and make it part of the culture and the nature of the way the company operates. But I don't think employees should be sitting around twiddling their thumbs waiting for the boss to come up with the idea. No. That's the way it's going to be in a true sort of militaristic or auth- what's the word I'm looking authoritarian. for? Authoritarian kind of aspect where nothing happens unless the boss 
it's the boss's idea or the boss's gives the nod of approval. Right. It's just soldiers step in line, my way or the highway kind of mindset that wouldn't foster that. And the only thing it really takes to go through a Kaizen exercise is a, is a whole bunch of 3M sticky note pads <laughs> and some really large ones like what we mm-hmm. used in our Pinnacle gift course to take a whole bunch of notes and then to take your process write a process step on a sticky note and lay out the process and then you can move them around. You could take one out, write a new process, put it in its place on the wall. I mean, you can get creative with it. It doesn't have to be a major exercise on a computer or whatever. It just, right. it just takes a lot of thinking power. Well, I love the, I mean, especially with exercises we've done, the simpler, the better. So my favorite acronym is KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Absolutely. I just didn't want anybody walking away from this episode thinking, well, it's coming out of the corporate world and it's a major big deal then it needs lots of resources. No. Right. It, all it takes is one person from each team that's involved in the process and sit down and brainstorm on it. Right. And, and guess, guess what is the magic word in that exercise? We've talked a lot about on this podcast. It's Why? Why do we do the overall process? Why do we have these process steps? Why is this process step necessary? Why does this add value to the customer? Why, 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 why? That should elicit conversation in the process and get you moving forward and thinking about it. Why Which, do we have the process? Is the, pro- is the whole process necessary? Yes. Okay. So we're going to spend some valid time here looking at it then. Okay. Why is the process 10 steps long? Why do we have this individual process step? Why would the customer care? I mean, it can be broken down into very, very small points. Oh, you can, you can get as microscopic yeah. as you want. There's a certain balance that needs to be achieved. Right. I mean, worked with somebody in the past that was working on some personal growth, that it was the same process. Just basically five levels of why on each little piece Mm -hmm. of their life. So just like you're saying, this can be applied to life. That's exactly what was going on. Well, if you're having certain behaviors that are not serving you well, you're always, you should be asking a question, why? Why do I have this behavior? (laughs) And you might have to ask a series of whys to finally get to the point of love versus fear or whatever that's driving your behavior that you can go, okay, here's the root cause. This is what I really need to be working on. Right. You got that look on your face. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I try to figure out what it means, though. (laughs) It's uh, thinking, pondering. But once again here, we have another another tool. I mean, this is is what the whole – our whole – podcast movement and whatever it is about is we have another tool that you can use in business that you could also apply to your life. Yeah. You know, particularly as we talk about system of systems and inter- interconnectivity of things mm-hmm. within your life, well, here's an opportunity to look at a process that goes through across different areas of your life and, and saying, does this all make sense or not? 
Well, that's what we're here for. Sort of and going like back things. to, well, and it's always going back to, you know, that B statement. Mm-hmm. Right. Measuring everything, whether it's in business or whether it's in your personal life, those why questions about the steps you take in business or your habits in life. Is it getting you to in to the most efficient way to get to who you want to be or what you want to be? And is what I'm doing in my life ser- serving me right. and enabling me to be this way in the world? And then right. henceforth then enables me to go do certain things in my life. I mean that serve my be, right? Grows my bee, reinforces my bee, supports right. my bee. Basically, are we just the client-facing side? Is it generating value for the client, right? Mm-hmm. The value that we want to maintain the personal brand that we want, the corporate brand that we want, personal brand on the you know life side. And is it getting us to generate value? I mean, if... This may sound cold, but the relationships we have in life, if we view those in the same way that we view our customers, mm-hmm. right, are the things that we're doing generating the value that we want and the personal brand that we want mm-hmm. when we're facing our quote unquote customers or the people, the relationships in our life? Yeah, I think this would be a great tool in your business. Yeah. From the perspective of, Everything that we do, whether it's personal or personable in nature for you as a human being, being in this role versus what your company is doing, adding value to the customer, knowing value for your customer is both, you know, the, the financial tools that we're using or achieving the financial goals that my customer has, but also knowing that you have other competitors out there. It's more than just product. It's the service level. It's the relationship that you build. It's the experience that they have with you, the trust that they have in you. Mm -hmm. Are the things that you're doing during your experience with your potential customer or customer adding value? And if it's not, why are you doing it? I mean, that's basically the question that Kaizen's asking. Right. And it's not just you. It's it's every, anybody that's in business has customers should right. be asking themselves of that question, right? Whether it's self-employed, you know, solopreneurs or a corporate CEO. Well, it's across the whole gamut. Yeah. You know, we're, we're focused on talking about this for small business, but it, it, Regardless of your size of your business, you can use this tool. Right. Well, some are going to be simpler than others. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of processes in my business, but it can help me in the way that I interact with customers. Right. How I go about doing my workshops or peer-to-peer group or whatever is... What also dictates how you spend the rest of your time. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I love to talk about time in that way and applying this to our evaluation of our time 
is, you know, you can either waste time, spend time or invest time. Mm -hmm. Is what you're doing with your time wasting it? Is it generating value? Is it generating no value? Is it just being thrown away? Is it something that's just for immediate, you know, right now pleasure to take our mind off of something, right? Social media is a huge suck, time suck for people Mm -hmm. in that manner. Mm -hmm. We can spend our time or we can invest it to where we're actually compounding value in the areas we want to. So in business, it's to grow our business, to get our name out there more, to create a better personal brand, a stronger culture, build a stronger team, right? In our personal life. I mean, spend for a leader to spend time with their team is a very key aspect in business, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing in our personal life. Are we investing that? And I think it's also important to, Remember, the value comes in different forms. Mm -hmm. You might sit down and say, okay, in this particular piece of the process, we can throw automation or whatever at the customer and saves ourselves time, saves money, saves the customer some time. But you're totally eliminating the the human connection to the customer. So what value, given your industry, in your business and what problem you're solving for the customer, is that going to be, is that a high priority for the customer? Right. Because if it is and you totally eliminate it, you're eliminating a lot of value in the eyes of the customer to have that connection. And in some industries, people could care less. Yeah, if, it, if I can do it in an automated way and it gets the job done, I don't need anybody to hold my hand. It's a simple enough thing. You know, like paying your water bill. I only need to talk to you and if there's a problem. If everything is hunky-dory, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go on to their website for two minutes and take care of it and be on my way. Right. Right? So you're not losing a lot of value in that. You may actually be adding value by having that kind of service. But if you're, like in your industry, financial services, where you're dealing with people's life, prosperity, <laughs> and so forth, it... it yeah, in the aviation world I came from, mm-hmm. lots of conversation about pilotless planes. So here's here's something that technically might be feasible within ten years, but what kind of trust level is right. a being going to have walking onto an airplane with no human bodies up in the cockpit? I've seen way too many sci-fi movies where AI is not your best friend. <laughs> You know, that's going to be right. a major issue because of emotional value mm-hmm. and trust levels that have to be overcome. So I, I think it's important that you remember that if you do go, get into a Kaizen environment and you're trying mm-hmm. to improve things, make it more efficient, save the company more money to get the job done and so forth is don't discount emotional value. You need to have that in the equation in your discussions. And like I said, that's all very dependent upon your industry and how much emotional value is in what the customer is looking for. Right. Like if you're in e-commerce, there's not really a human connection needed unless there is a customer service issue. Yeah, that's when I want a human being when there's a right. problem because I know somebody's paying attention to it's it. It's so frustrating like when you want to talk to a human being because there is an issue. It's like, oh, emails, we'll get back to you. That would be a Kaizen 
where you need mm-hmm. to probably insert a human connection there. Well, it's part of my frustration with them in the medical field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I truly have an issue. I need to go see a doctor and you call it up. Well, yeah, we can fit you in in three weeks. Uh, you don't understand. I have the problem now. Right. Oh, and then you might want to go to the emergency room. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, we can't fit you in for three weeks. Right. What kind of value are you adding for the customer? And it's an industry problem. I mean, if right. if it was one particular doctor, then... That's a them problem. But it's that's across their the problem, and you could go find another doctor and get it all taken care of, and that doctor's just going to go out of business. But it's a, right. it's a industry problem to face it everywhere. What other thoughts pop in your head? I'd say just on this, I mean, again, facing everything with a, everything in life with a growth mindset to be able to constantly improve. Cause like you said, I love how you brought this where, okay, well we've improved upon this process. Let's do it again Mm -hmm. and then do it again and do it again, right? If we go to the the fitness or the bodybuilding world, right? I was about to say, go, uh, yeah. go to the dieting world. Because, you know, I'll just use what I'm familiar with there. With bodybuilding and everything, you get competitive or just ath- athlete, athletics in general, mm-hmm. right? Any sport, any high-level athlete is constantly practicing practicing this. If I could speak English today, that'd be great. But, you know, they go out, they practice, they practice, they practice, they apply it in a competitive environment. And whether they get the result they wanted to or not, a coach is always looking at them saying, okay, what is what we're doing during practice getting us the end result that we want? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's improve upon this area. Okay, that's improved upon, go to the competitive environment again, Okay, did we get the result we want? Are we improving? Are we getting better? Because especially in the athletic world, as, as much advancement has come along scientifically, if you're not growing, you're dying. Basically, if you're not improving, you're going backwards. So, Mike, can, can you imagine a, ba- a professional baseball team that had the same players year after year after year for 30 years? Almost. <laughs> I mean that's 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 what it would take to 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 get yourself to such a level that you're you know you're you're gaining the the reputations and the records of the Clemson, Alabama, Georgias, Oklahomas in in the football world. Right. Truly what I'll have to do a whole lot of kaizen because you you're you're working with the same team and they're going through the same drills year after year after year with together you're going to have a very solid yeah. loyal trusting team but that's not that's not reality, that's not reality. the players are changing aging. all the time and so forth and so learning has to happen in certain positions or certain players you've got chemistry you've got trust you've got relationships all that has to well and there's be a, rebuilt there's a question of how do we maintain a culture while bringing in these new athletes how do we make this an efficient process because it's, you know especially in college sports right it is a, we know it's a revolving door mm-hmm. always. They're, they're enrolled and they're gone. They're enrolled and they're gone. So how do we maintain a high level program with different personalities? What's the processes? Well, generally those that do or, or do it well have very strong cultures and they right. have cultures where 
a, a new a new player coming in through a transfer or a trade or you know depending on if you're at the pro level college level whatever you've got the players teaching them mm-hmm. just as much as the coaches are teaching them about things because your your players are already ingrained in the culture and the way you're doing things and all of a sudden you have a player led culture as opposed to a coaching staff led which is i would argue always stronger it's always stronger it's coming just like from your a, peers you're building trust and well it's just like in a corporate environment right when you're in a meeting and you're everybody's boss is up in front of the room and mm-hmm. just harping on everybody about we need to do this we need to do this we need mm-hmm. to do this half the people in the room are tuned out Right. Right. Because it's coming from the boss. Oh, it's just the boss saying something again. Mm-hmm. But then when your, you know, your peer that's on the same level as everybody else speaks up and goes, hey, guys, we got to get it together. We got to do X, Y, and Z the right way. Everybody goes, oh, I guess we should get on board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen it time and time again. And it only takes one leader among the peer group to really spark that honestly well that's why i always keep harping on on the fact that to truly have engaged employees you have to explain the, the answers to the question why right because if they understand why you're doing things and they've bought into it then you start building the foundation for an employee-led culture mm-hmm. it says we do it this way because it serves our why here's our why and if you're going to be successful in this company, we're looking for team members to come in and who buy into that why as well. Join the team. We'll bring you along. Don't worry about it. We'll get you there mm-hmm. together as a team. And we're going to go, quote, conquer the world, unquote, together as a team. And boss doesn't even have to ha- say a whole lot about it because it's the team members that are bringing them along. It's right. Like, join, join on the bandwagon with us and let's go. But if, if the leader doesn't do the groundwork to create such a culture and to answer all those questions about why we do what we do, then you'll never have that type of culture and you'll, you'll get the, the boss pontificating up front and everybody going rolling their eyes and whatnot. Right. So one last thing. You, you were talking about the fitness world. I mm-hmm. mentioned dieting. Right. So is the person dieting just to achieve the temporary exercise of losing the weight, right? Mm-hmm. They lose the weight and then they bounce right back again because they haven't ingrained it into their lifestyle and their way of being. Right. Like I've always hated the word diet because diet's a trend, it's a fad, if you will, and then you go right back to the same old habits, you bounce right back. Right. As opposed to making a lifestyle saying, I'm going to incorporate these ideas. I'm going to do a Kaizen exercise. Right. And incorporate this into my life and into my culture and the way I do things. And I won't ever have to worry about dieting again. Right. And and you've seen this from us, just us all hanging out, is I tell people all the time, you know, bodybuilding and that whole extreme fitness world is not a, it's not a hobby. It is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because there's no wavering from that otherwise you'd never get the results you want yeah so but in summation whether it's in business or in life it's all it, it's really just always about analyzing how can we make our processes or what we're doing better to get to our why or our b 
Well, yeah, as a, first of all, is the processes or the exercises serving our why. Right. That foremost. And then second is what we're doing the most efficient way. Could we be doing it better so that you either get higher quality out of it or it takes less time, less energy, and therefore less expense? Well, we really appreciate you joining in today in this uh, episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. As always, we ask you to follow Zach and I on our journey to generate value in this world. You can do that by hitting the little button that says the word subscribe, even though we call it following. If it does bring value to your life, tell others. You know, help us to generate more value in this world by telling others and asking them to tune in. There is that share button as well. Exactly. So that being said, we hope your day is going well. Have a great week. Have a great day. And we'll see you next time, next Tuesday on the Generate Your Value podcast. Thanks and take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.